Hello, you are listening to Omnitalk's Retail Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group, Firework, Avalara, TGW, and Sezzle. Ranked in the top 10% of all podcasts globally, the Omnitalk Fast Five is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week too. Today is October 4th, 2023. I'm your host, Ann Mazinga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again, live from the next Live from the X. In advance to discuss the most important headlines from the past week that highlight how the physical, digital, and human elements of retail are coming together to shape the future. Uh, Chris. Yes, Did you notice anything new about me or something i read maybe. I, I noticed a couple of things like in addition to being at nax which sounds like oh God, a big motor race kind of thing you gotta or move like, the microphone away from move the microphone down nax nax yeah. come to nax but anyway we're at nax but yes yeah we have new sponsors yes we'd like to, we'd like to welcome avalara and avalara and tgw to the omnitalk retail yes. family big supporters of ours thank you to them and uh i'm excited too am because uh we're gonna have Mr. George Trantis, the Senior Director of Global Marketplaces. He's going to join us in a couple weeks yeah, on five, five Insightful Minutes. Yeah. He's going to give us five Insightful Minutes on a very cool topic, folks, friends and friends and family of Omnitalk. He's going to give us five Insightful Minutes on the 10 common mistakes retailers make when it comes to tax filing time. I, I can't wait for that. I it's going to be a need, blast. I also need like a personal assessment from Mr. George Trantis on what mistakes I'm also <laughs> Personal making. tax filing? Yes. Yes. We'll see that might he, be beyond help, and I think for both of us. We'll see if he has enough time. Um, we also, Chris, need to give him a special shout out. We got the most sweet it was and warm sweet. message from Justin warm Lyons. Yeah, down here in Atlanta at the Home Depot. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. it's from Home Depot. He left us this note. Uh, Justin said, I just want to say thanks for the quality of discussion on the Talk podcast. I literally start my day with a long walk (laughs) while listening to you and Chris. Oh, Obviously, oh, Justin's Justin. only listened to like two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm just Hopefully, kidding. But thank you, Justin. Justin, that long walk, you can do 2x <laughs> speed, you know, too. Yeah. If you get, if, if we're too much to handle on the long walk. But, um, but, Justin wanted to tell us that he appreciates everything we've done for the retail industry and for sharing our experiences. Yeah, no, that's super nice, super nice. And thank you for recognizing that we try really hard, Justin. We try to put, we put a lot of effort into this every week and it really makes, Warms our hearts, honestly, when we get notes like that. So thank you. Thank you so much. And are you ready to do this? We're going to do this live from the show. We've got the registration behind us. We've got people flowing through. They're coming on by. Let's We're do it. We're still standing after, you know, being, I'm still being on the standing. road for what are we, like day six or something? Yeah, we got here on, we yeah, we were in Nashville on Saturday, right? So like- Which I love, by the way. Yeah, Nashville's oh a cool city. It is a cool city. I didn't get to see it because I was sick again. <laughs> for all those that know me so well, I was sick, stuck in my hotel room again. But hey, I'm here now. I'm back upright and I'm feeling good. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right. All right. In today's Fast Five, we've got news on Walmart removing its self-checkout lanes from its New Mexico stores. Gelson's new store format, which puts EV charging front and center. Macy's declaration this week that it will open as many as 30 small format stores. I know Ann can't wait to talk about that one. What we're calling the curious case of Walgreens versus V cooler screens. But we begin today with big partnership news out of Lululemon and Peloton. Anne, I know you've got a lot to say about this one. I mean, I don't have a ton to say, but I'm pretty excited about to talk about it, I have to say. Uh, All right. Headline number one, Chris, Lululemon and Peloton are Mm -hmm. teaming up. This came 
right in last week under the wire. Uh, according to Bloomberg, Lululemon will make co-branded clothing that Peloton will sell on its website and at retail stores. Yes. And Peloton's fitness content will now be offered to users of the Lululemon Studio Mirror and via Lululemon's free digital app. Mm. At the same time, Lululemon is also discontinuing its relatively new digital-only subscription that costs $12.99 a month and plans to push users toward the Peloton app as part of the arrangement. Now, Chris, fascinating. before I I opine on my thoughts Before you opine? What would you like like to say? What would you like to say... About the Peloton Lululemon <laughs> partnership. Oh man, um, let's see. I'm, I'm dying to hear what you have to say, but uh, but um, you know, for me, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a smart move. Okay. I think it's a smart move for both parties. Uh, and you know, it's probably probably spurred on by the fact that Lululemon clearly got burned with Mirror, yeah, like clearly. And so I think it's smart because it's just a partnership. Yes. Which we as entrepreneurs talk all the time. We're always like, don't don't get into something you can't get out of unless you absolutely are sure that you want to do it. And so yeah. partnerships are great for that reason. So, you know, Peloton, let's see who gets what, right? Peloton, mm-hmm. they get legitimacy in apparel immediately. Uh, and Lululemon gets legitimacy in online fitness, which as you've seen is hard for them to do. And I think it's smart that they're not charging for the subscription anymore. I think that's an interesting move. Right. Um, and so the two can see where it goes. Uh, and maybe a merger isn't out of the cards down the line. Uh, it's still possible. And the other thing, I, I'm my hunch is it probably locks Peloton out from doing anything with Nike as well. I'm guessing that's part of the deal or, or yeah. potentially with any other suitors too. So for that reason, I think it's also smart. But but what do you think? You seem a little skeptical in some I of my opinions there. No, I think I just, I think the- Threw me a shady I eye. I think people are getting a little too aggressive with the merger. Like they just started dating yes. people. Let's not start right, talking right. about the wedding moms, okay? Like let's just let them- <laughs> Feel it out. It's not a shotgun see, wedding. See how that, it feels. No, 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 no. So my my thoughts here. Number one, Lululemon got the best end of this deal. For one, they're getting rid of Mirror. They're offloading Mirror, which is going to be yeah, a, a big hit to their business. Yeah. But they're getting all of the Peloton people now in Lululemon product. Yeah. They're going to be able to offload the content arm. Unfortunately, they had to lay off like 120 employees that were working on Lululemon Studio, which is yeah. never a good thing, but It's a great stopgap. But it's it's they can they can cut this, get it out, get yep. that out of their history, forget all about it, burn it like Taylor Swift does uh, her boyfriend's Wipe the, the mirror clean. Right. <laughs> Wipe the mirror clean and move on and now they don't have to upset any of those customers that paid $2,000 plus for their mirror. Um, and then for, for Peloton, I think this is just a Band-Aid, however. I think that this mm-hmm. is not going to be... I don't, I don't think there's going to be something there that makes sense for a merger when it comes to Lululemon. Um, they might be getting some new subscribers out of the deal, but I think if we look under the covers and see how many people were really participating in Lululemon Studio, I, I don't think it's it's as many as Peloton might think that they could be getting in the long well yeah i imagine they they had to disclose all that information too but i think you're right like there's probably not much on on that side of things i'm curious if there aren't warrants involved here too like certain things happen they get the right to maybe buy stock in peloton or maybe acquire peloton who knows but uh so so you're kind of like it's not not it's cool but it's not that cool that's kind of your take here. yeah great for lululemon Peloton, meh. It'll be good for you for the next five years. We'll see how it goes. It's like vanilla. I have a feeling Peloton could be waiting for that ring for a very long time. Yeah. Lululemon's like, boy, bye. I found a new, found a new. Bye, bye. Yeah, boy, bye. 
All right. Headline number two. Walmart is pulling self-checkout out of three stores in Albuquerque, Ann. The only city I know of with two queues. Yeah, I Think guess about that so. one for a second. Okay. All right. According to Business Insider, two stores in Albuquerque, New Mexico, were recently renovated to replace their self-checkout lanes and changes to a third area store are also slated to be finished in October. Walmart declined to tell Business Insider whether similar redesigns were underway at other U.S. locations, but the company did say there is no plan for the widespread removal of self-checkout lanes at this time. And yes. why in the world would you think that Walmart would want to do this, to try this, to it's, test this? What is Walmart thinking? It's very simple, Chris. I think it is too. I mean, go you ahead. and I have talked about this. Yes. It's theft. I mean, theft? We, you and I just at grocery store. Theft staff, or shrink or both? I mean, both. Okay. I think like yeah. you and I have seen video footage of what happens at these checkout lanes and it's yeah. not the people that you would expect you know like this is happening from grandma running grandma's daycare center you know scan putting items in front of other items to scan them and put them in the bags like there's so much so much happening here that i think unfortunately is going to make things that are convenient for the majority of consumers who are not stealing or not trying to play games at checkout like that they're going to lose this convenient option so it, I mean, and and the other part of it, too, is like even the videos, like you can't really do anything outside of like know that these people are repeat offenders. I mean, yeah. the, the employees are not going to go after these people. Like, I think it's it's getting back to this idea of no one has a solution yet. Right. So everybody's going back to basics. Right. It's like what happened during the pandemic. Like, we're going to have to write down order mm-hmm. grocery orders by hand and deliver them. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to do this until we figure out a better tech we're, solution. We're going to have to go back to people. Right. <laughs> so the greatest people and we got to go back to people um yeah i mean i i i agree with you i think i think it's i think it's both too i think it's 100 percent shrink yes. and it's probably a lot of theft whether yeah. accidental or intentional because we've just we just know throughout the grocery industry that self-checkout is prone for that type of activity to happen right. where there's just miscalculations of what's going through those spaces so um the funny thing about it to me too if i put my retailer hat on too and is it's like it's straight. It's a total retailer playbook on how they're doing this. Like you've Why? got because I mean it's 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 a number one example. Like they take a total market approach. Mm-hmm. They test it out. They assess the impact operationally, and then they decide what to do next. That's what Walmart's doing here. They Which said, is nothing wrong. They said let's pick a high shrink market. My hunch, Albuquerque, yeah. and let's figure this out. No, there's nothing wrong right, with that. That's... But you can tell that's what they're doing. Right. Like it's 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 a it's a telegraph move. So so I can't wait to see what Walmart learns from this. Like your question is great. Like are these stores more profitable with humans manning the tills? I mean, that's a mind blowing question that I don't think anyone really understands or knows the answer to. And the answer to it, if it's yes, could actually be earth shattering. Yeah. But oh, you know, God. cause given what we've heard, like I said before, this happens a lot. You know, there's a lot of shrink that's coming through these machines. So it's possible that that could be the answer or it could at least be the answer in certain stores in certain locations. Right. And then you get back to the whole shrink format idea posited by Dollar General a few weeks ago where you're like, okay, yeah, we're going to have stores that are shrink formats, which means no self-checkout machines. Well, and this is also happening with 
people in the checkout lanes. Like they're they're yeah, still no. like they're still yeah, it's, it's sweethearting bad, and all the other things you know? that's happening. It's not yeah. as bad, but I think ultimately it gets down to what can what tech can grocers invest in, and when does when does theft and shrink rise to the top of the priority list of how we're going to run the business and where we're going to invest yeah. those dollars. Yeah, but when you th- I think when you get back to like when you think about the pandemic and how it's gone up, the the increase in self checkout as a proportion of how people are using their their average grocery store or their average super center is definitely higher than it was. Mm-hmm. So you know if you go back in theory that number should go down. It's just a question of whether it's not whether it's worth the trade-off of the staffing, right? Right. So, Right. All right, let's move on to headline number three, Chris. Supermarket chain Gelson's has launched a new convenience store format. Yes, it format. has. Apropos, given we're at the National Association. At, where are we at? We're at where? Where? The National... Max. Oh. <laughs> it's like a buzzer in my ear. It's terrible. All right. <laughs> Back to Gelson's new convenience store <laughs> yes. format. According to Chain Store Age, the specialty grocer, which <laughs> operates 27 stores throughout Southern California, uh, they will debut a new concept called Recharge by Gelson's. Gelson's is partnering with electric vehicle charging station developer Rove to provide food and beverage services at its new charging stations and will offer a curated selection of foods, beverages, and convenience <laughs> items like we are seeing. How many times have we read that on this thing? Behind us. A, a selection of foods, beverages, and convenience items. I yes. think that's every new store format. Yes. Uh, <laughs> for those Rove customers as well as neighborhood locals. So Rove plans to build six locations in Southern California beginning this year with 20 stations wow. planned by 2026. Six. Yeah. Um, back to your right market for testing. Um, yeah, this right. Being mm-hmm. Southern California, what do you think about this move from Gelson's, Chris? Um, I I think it's really interesting. Like, have you been to a Gelson's? No. See, I had not either. And the only time I'd ever been exposed to one was on, I think, Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. <laughs> and I went to one though in San Clemente. Oh yeah. Um, actually, not San te- Clemente. Not San Clemente. Not technically San Clemente, but um, whatever the town is right below there that's escaping me. Newport, Laguna, Laguna Hills, whatever. I don't know, but. <laughs> I can't remember. One of those other much more... The you're reason gonna, I say that, it's very posh. Wherever it was, was very you're posh. You're going to need to know that as yeah. a as a resident. You're San going Clemente. to need to know that. Yes, yes. right. I got to start saying it right. But anyway, like so so it's a very posh place. It's very high end. Yes. It's a baller store. Like It is a great yeah. store. Um, it's one you want to shop. It's very inspirational. And so like it's a perfect match, I think, to be the first mover on this yeah. from an EV charging front because it's going to match up demographically there. And so what you have here is essentially the reimagining of the gas station experience, which is what I love because- that's what we're talking about. It's reimagining yep. the gas station, which is different than what we know before because EV charging, for those that don't know, takes longer to do. Mm-hmm. It, it requires a longer trip. So it's made for that grocery store type of experience or grocery store type of trip. Yeah. So it's smart for Gelson's particularly, given the demographic, to go into this space in the way they are. So so I love it. I can't I can't wait to try it out. The only thing I had, I gotta get an electric vehicle, and I do. Think, I think OmniTalk needs to procure Mr. Mr. Walton the uh, electric vehicle. Like the minivan you saw yesterday. Chris was like, is that yeah. a S what kind That of, was a hybrid though? What kind Ann, of van is that? Just because it was a yeah. hybrid minivan, it's still a still minivan. A minivan. <laughs> Chris. Is that an SUV? Call a spade a spade. It's still no, a minivan. No, no. You just are really in love with the dad van. That's all. It was a Toyota Sienna ad. It was uh, awesome. Oh my God. Um, okay. But what do you think? So I I think, again, you look to London and to the UK and to Europe and what they're doing look there to because they're already doing these kinds of things there. When I was at Shop Talk uh, Europe, I yes. interviewed. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Tracy Clemens, the CEO of Convenience for BP, and she was talking about this, how they're already starting to convert stores into 
EV charging stations mm-hmm. and how they they already have a partnership with Marks and Spencers, another like higher end food provider in the UK. And they are continuing to expand that assortment to allow for the types of trips that you're charging. It's it's no longer an impromptu three to five minute gas fill up and your Cokes and smokes and you're out of there. Right. It's now I'm planning this ahead yes, of time. 100%. I am reserving an EV charging station along my path wherever I'm going. Now they're starting to get into food options. Offerings, which yep. we're hearing a ton about it next. Yep. Oh. Like everybody going in as tobacco it, sales go down, now they have to figure out how yeah. to save that basket and they're going into food. So it's a lot prepared of prepared food, like prepared fresh food. prepared food. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's a lot of what we're seeing happening already in the UK. And I think will have to come as we see more and more EV drivers come through. So you like this. You love it. Oh, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. We got to try it out. I know. We got to go see it. I can't I wait to go. Maybe we'll get maybe, a rental. Maybe Retail West. Hopefully this is open by uh, Etail West. Etail West. E- retail Etail West. That, hopefully by that it's open. But, Doesn't uh, matter. All right. We'll let's keep rolling because these next two headlines are also pretty pretty banger headlines. All right. Headline number four. Macy says it will open up up to, Anne. Not yes. up. Up to 30 small store formats inside of strip malls. They Mm -hmm. said that those two words together, strip malls, over the next two years. According to CNBC's great Melissa Repco, Macy's has tested the shops, which are roughly one-fifth the size of its traditional mall stores, for nearly four years. Yeah, it's been four years. Wow. The stores offer a slimmed-down mix of merchandise, host local events, and have a more modern and open look. Plus, they're also next to big box stores, grocers, and popular off-price retailers like TJX aka places that offer a high level of convenience, which Macy's chief stores offer, Mark Mastronati calls the, quote, secret sauce of this initiative. Oh, boy. And, and here's the other thing. I read this deep in the headline. They will also be called Macy's. Mm-hmm. As Macy's says it plans to phase out the market by Macy's moniker it used for its first smaller store formats throughout the country. So, Anne, um, do you think Macy's is on to something here? Like, do they have a secret sauce of convenience of strip malls? You know, I, I and this is an easy thing to poo poo, but I'm curious what you think. I was digging in to try yeah, to make sense in. of this, yeah. Chris, because I met Mark Mastrodon. Oh, you did at Shop Talk, Shop Talk. Yeah, last you year did. I he didn't was know that. Per, he was on stage right after, and smart guy. Like I, I get there's got to be something to us. He's Italian. Th- I mean. Yeah. You know, come on. One of our people. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that came to mind was like, yes, I guess you have real estate savings. Like your your footprint's smaller. So perhaps per box, yeah. Per box. Like perhaps you're getting money from the smaller footprint. But I what really confuses me here, we've been to the market at Macy's in De- in Texas in South Lake. They're not solving any of the core problems with this move. And Mm-mm. so it really concerns me when you talk about Macy's and this like North Star that they've always been trying to go to. And really for the place that Macy's holds is like kind of the deter- like the 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 company that will determine the future of the department store. Like mm-hmm. everything's following in, in Macy's footsteps. And I just don't think that this is going to turn out the way that they think it is. And the other part of this yes. is the TJ Maxx adjacency. That really confused me too. Yes. Because at least when I go into a TJ Maxx, like I know it's going to be a total mess and a yeah. treasure hunt and like stuff's going to be on the floor. When you go into Macy's, like that was my biggest takeaway yeah. from that market at Macy's. Like I'm still expecting a department store experience and it was 
just crammed with inventory, like stuff piled all over the place. Like, yes, it looks great at the opening, but it's just it, it wasn't they're trying to put too much into that small footprint. And I, I really just wonder if this is going to move the needle for Macy's the way that they want to. I, it it doesn't seem like there's hope there for me. That's a really interesting question that you're getting at, too, is like, even if even if you're going to do it, like, should you even call it Macy's at all? Right. Like, because if it's a great idea, it should be a great idea regardless. Well, and like now the- you're actually leaning into Macy's and creating that psychological yeah. con- connection with what you think a department store should actually be. But now it's in a smaller box. That's a fascinating question. Or like question. the Keep backstage. Going. But th- yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. then you do just make it backstage and it's all the right. like the like leftover inventory right. from last season that Macy's started doing in their own stores. It's getting a lot of track. I mean, that's doing well for Macy's. But right. like, is it again? I just I don't see the the benefit that going into a strip mall is going to provide, especially for for Macy's for, for the longer time. term with yeah. the current store base. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I. <sighs> Those are all awesome points. And I don't even know where to start with this. I tried to like boil down my thoughts into like, I think like three points. Well, Lee, Lee Sherwood Esmond is really excited for you. Yeah, to- oh, she is. Yeah. Shout out to Lee. Yeah. Um, but, and I shared this a little bit on social media this morning, but I think, I think when you look at this strategy and how it's being talked about right now, mm-hmm. it's fraught with so many pitfalls. So first, like one, they say that the stores are comping positively relative to the rest of the chain. Yeah. But I don't think that statistic is worth jack all. And that's a scientific term, jack all. Because like, like they're going to be built in the best areas right now. And so they're going to have natural population growth. And there's so many things that go into determining comp. Mm-hmm. Like how many, how much more staff do you have in those stores right. than your regular Macy's? Which we've been in them. They have, I think they had more staff in that store, pound for pound. Well, they're friendly. Per square foot. That was foot. in the right. press They release. probably have their best staff. They're more friendly. The store team, the store regional teams are probably more focused on making sure that they work. So there's a whole host of things that go in there. So unless you know the actual profit of meeting the hurdle rate on the cost of capital for the smaller boxes, because the cost of capital is still a hurdle rate you got to hit, you don't know, which brings me to my second point, which, and this I think is the most important point that I, that I came up with last night for me is like department stores are about volume. Mm -hmm. They're bigger boxes for a reason. Small formats aren't that, which means that Macy's is going to be competing on thinner margins than the specialty apparel retailers, which typically operate in those same boxes. Right. And it's going to be doing it with a more a larger preponderance of market available goods. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, in essence, flies in the face of what a department store is in its business model. So sure, they can go after private label, and yeah. they're doing that. There's articles in the news today. But like, if you go after private label, then that isn't really Macy's either. And Macy's isn't really known for private label. So you have to get over that hurdle too for this strategy to work. And so I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Every change to a business model has hidden costs. And I think there are hidden costs hidden in how we're talking about this business model that aren't quite visible yet that are going to rear their ugly head in the long run. And third point is, like you said, what the hell does this do for the existing chain? It does absolutely nothing. You know, It, it takes the focus away. Yeah. Yeah. But that said, I like it for Bloomingdale's because I don't think Bloomingdale's is as blanketed across the country. Now they still have some of the same business model challenges, but you can take that up market on the service angle and take your prices up. Because I worry that the only way out of this hole is for Macy's to inflate its prices. But then it's like, why would I shop there versus regular Macy's? Or why would I shop at Macy's Why wouldn't you go to TJ Maxx exactly. next door where I know what I'm going to get. Exactly. I know what kind of shopping experience I'm going to get. And the brands are probably more premium than what I'm going to get at Macy's. Exactly. Yeah, ab- absolutely. All right, let's move on to headline number five. 
Cooler Screens is suing Walgreens, Chris, for reneging on a contract to roll out its technology to 2,500 stores. Whoa. According to the Wall Street Journal, Cooler Screens, the company that embeds sensors and digital screens into cooler doors that are programmed to play targeted ads to shoppers who walk past it, that's a long sentence here, is <laughs> suing the pharmacy chain, saying that Walgreens obstructed an agreed-upon nationwide rollout of the internet-connected doors and demanded their removal from all stores. Walgreens, meanwhile, says the technology from Cooler Streams just flat-out didn't just work. Just flat-out didn't work. Didn't work. Didn't work. Uh, Chris, this is also the A&M put you on the oh, spot Oh, yeah, we question. haven't had it yet, have we? No, no. All so, right. Anim wants to know, Yeah, is this breakup between Walgreens and Cooler Screens a one-off hiccup, or do you Ooh. see this as indicative of a longer-term concern for digital merchandising screens and bringing retail media in store? Ooh. Ooh. They're going to cut right to Ooh. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's definitely the latter. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think this is a warning sign. Um, You know, we've had Cooler Screens on the program before. I think mm-hmm. we've interviewed them twice. Yes. Um, And I remember talking to their CEO, Arson at the time and saying to him, I have so many operational questions, but I want to keep those at bay because it's, a you know, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. It's an interesting concept. There's a lot here. There's a lot to digest. Because if, and here's the point, if you read the, the Wall Street Journal article, there's a lot of he said, she said on yeah. who's responsible for managing these screens and who owns what in terms of how the digital content shows up on those screens. It's like a divorce. It really is. It's like, you should have done this. You should have yeah. done that, blah, blah, blah. But like, here's the point. Managing these screens, I don't think people really understand this. Managing these screens is basically takes the same effort as running a website. Yeah. When you get right down to it. And in in actuality, it's harder because you have to manage a website that is on all the time in a physical store. It has to work every time, all the time. And so then it comes to the question like when it breaks. Who's in charge of fixing it? The store teams, the digital right. teams at headquarters, some third party that you're assigning this? Like, is Cooler Screens responsible for it? I don't know. But it's a lesson for me, which is why I think AM's question is right, is like, if you're an executive and you're thinking about this, you've got to be really careful about the digital media hype mm-hmm. because there's a lot to this. You don't want to, I don't think you want to be the first mover on this. You can test it for sure, but your testing period has to be longer because you're going to have to see how these things hold up in store. And more importantly, you're going to have to see how they hold up when your people turn over in their jobs. Right. Like you're going to need to do them for like at least a year because you have to know that your people can scale them. You have the intellectual understanding of how they work, what's required for them to work to make them work day in and day out. So the human element of here is something that's important. You can't set and forget these things yeah. at all. So I, that's I, my take. I, I think it's it's like running a website, Anne. Yeah. And I agree, especially when you look at store labor these days. Like you and I visited one of yeah. these in New York when we were there last summer. And do you remember like one of the screens was out yep. and the pr- and or like and the stores there, can't fix them and you open the door and there's no more inventory left like there are clearly other things that Walgreens team members need to be focused on doing yep. before getting to this and yep. updating this technology it's not impacting them at all whatsoever it's not what they're being benchmarked on yep. and so i think that you know i let me start by saying I hate when these things don't work because I don't think that it's not a good idea. Right. I think that it's what not the, the problem probably was here is going from zero stores 
or from a few pilot stores to 2,500 yes. stores. Like there has to be more incremental yes. phases so that you can learn to your point how this is going to impact the overall store operations, what this means in terms of training, what this means in terms of like, does Walgreens have their own pricing accurate and up to the minute so that it's reflected in these things? That was another thing that they were talking about wasn't right. That like Walgreens price point wasn't like t- tied in right. eff- effectively to this and who's measuring and watching right. all this. Like you said, it's not set it and forget it. So I think, you know, the last thing that I would add, we just talked to somebody about this here today, yeah. but I think that the while digital media in store to answer A&M's question can have a lot of potential financial upside, you have to also be thinking about the other side of this, which is the brands too. Like the data that's coming in, the brand information right. that's coming in. That's something to, we haven't talked talking about Talking about your website and yeah. how all the components of that and the last like bit that they they complained about what Walgreens did was that you know we're we're not getting correct information from cooler screens we can't ha- it's garbage in garbage data out that we can't like, send to our the brands. data we can't send our brands are already strapped yeah. they can't handle the data that's good that we're sending them so how are we going to make something of this investment when the brands are the ones that are supposed to be paying for yeah. the, for these screens and for the, for the stuff that's going on the screens like the whole system needs to be realigned yeah. before they go out at 2500 yeah, stores yeah 100% and you know going back to the shrink conversation too if shrink is the way it is in the store and it's probably potentially less in a cooler or well maybe not a cooler Cooler might have high shrink in it. A freezer, maybe, yes. Yeah. But like a cooler. Why is it colder to like stuff in your sweatshirt? Yeah. You know, it's probably harder to steal. Are you you know, I would think so. I mean, I'm just, I'm just guessing. I, so was I. You know, but I think it's probably harder to do or, or less, less desirable to sure, do. Sure, sure. You know, you can't just go, you can't just eat that right away. You got to take that home and do something with it. You that pizza. Out. But like, but still, there's the data integrity problem. And yeah. so, like, with it being what it is, the chances of this type of thing working is really hard. Yeah. And so you're going to have to devote the people to figure it out. And so like my hunch too is, last point I'll make again, my hunch is they had like one person at headquarters that was probably in charge of managing the equivalent of a website in store. It's a bummer. And if that's the case, executives out there, if that's how you're setting this up, watch out because that should be your test that it's not going to work. Now, I have no idea if that's true, but I guess it, I'm guessing it wasn't the amount of people that probably you want to put towards it yeah. because it's a new initiative. That's always the way new initiatives work. Right. All right, Chris, let's go to the lightning round. Uh, question number one, Walmart is scrapping its requirements for a degree for some Ooh. corporate jobs. I want to know, is there a job that you would have done if it didn't require a degree? Oh yeah, that's that's the easy one. This one's gonna be a shout out to my buddy Oven Bonsel. Oh um, yeah, I would be a lawyer, but I'd be like the caveman lawyer from uh, Saturday Night Live. I'm just a caveman. I didn't have a degree, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, do you remember that skit? No, you don't remember I don't. that skit? Caveman, frozen caveman lawyer with Phil Hartman. No, I do. Oh, so great. All right, this is a little too old for me. Oh yeah, right. Here we go. You're Here aging, we go. You're aging out of the audience. All right. Yeah. Speaking of old, a woman is a woman is suing Disney for an quote, injurious wedgie. She re- I've never heard that word before. Injurious? Yeah, yeah, me neither. It's an injurious wedgie that she received at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon Water Park, which I also didn't know existed. What is the worst wedgie you have ever received? Inquiring minds want to know. How do you get a wedgie at a water park? Like going down a slide I or think something? she must have caught it on something. And no, she got really hurt. It's actually not a funny story at all. Oh, God. But yeah, it's terrible. Terrible. 
Oh, well, the the first thing that comes to mind is mom jeans <laughs> and the shorts. Like mom jeans, they give you wedgies. They're Levi's mom jean. The first one they like came out with is called the wedgie. Oh my god! And it definitely gives you the wedgie, especially like around the holidays. If you've been like, you know, you get gorging extra <laughs> those extra pounds in front. It's just like oh, I can't sit down. This is terrible. That sounds awful. I thought the mom jean was supposed to give you more comfort. I thought it was about that. It's not. Not all of them. Wow. Not what a- Deceptive advertising. All right, let's keep going. All right, Toys R Us is opening 24 new flagship stores, and it is also opening in airports and on cruises, Ooh. which I think is super smart. I love that move. Um, eh, Chris, eh. I want to know, would you rather be stuck in the Atlanta airport for 48 hours with only one working bathroom on the opposite end of the airport from where you are, or stuck on a cruise ship out at sea for 14 days that has Margaritaville stuck on repeat 24-7? Oh, oh, my God. That's like the lesser of two evils. I, you know, I don't want to get on a diatribe about airport retail, which I've done before. Like, I'm never a fan of seeing that when brands do that for the first time. I think it's a tell. But anyway, for me, I definitely would not want to be in one bathroom situation. That is never enough for for me and for everyone else. Like, so it's you're going to go enough. out to sea with Jimmy? Yes, I'd rather be at sea with Jimmy for two weeks. That, right. That's 100% fine. All right. All right, and last one. NASA scientists recently discovered a ravioli-shaped moon Orbiting Saturn. What kind of ravioli shape? Like, just like, you know, the standard, like, rectangular. It's not a standard. There's like three different. There's like a moon shaped ravioli. There's like um, triangle circle raviolis. Like, how big? Let your imagination walk. It's a moon. It's huge. I have no idea how big it is. (laughs) No, I mean, like, how big is a ravioli? It's already a planet for us. My God. I know how big the moon is. I'm saying. So, so my question for you is because that, that, that question is actually completely academic to the question I'm going to ask you is, what is your favorite pasta to consume? Oh, Pappardelle. That's my Pappardelle. favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite. Wow. So good. It's like wow. wide that- fats, like noodles that just- Is that the twisted noodle? No, it's like a, it's like a fettuccine noodle, but- Three oh, times God. the size, mm. like an oversized fettuccine noodle. I don't just... like broad flat noodles. I'm not a flat noodle guy. No, no. All right. Anything no, a else? wet noodle. No. A wet noodle. Yes. A thousand lashes with a wet noodle to you and to me. All right. Let's close this up. Happy birthday today to Dakota Johnson, Susan Sarandon, and the true share for all you Generation That's Xers right. out there, the one and only Alicia Silverstone. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail outlet in the business, make an Omni Talk, the retail media outlet run by two former executives, the only retail only. outlet, only retail outlet run by two former executives from a current top 10 U.S. retailer. I take a lot of pride in that. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content that we do exclusively for you. And we try really hard to all keep it in the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. Or or send it to us directly like Justin did. Yeah, 100%. We'll take them. We'll take yeah. them in our, yeah. in our LinkedIn inboxes. And we'll DM read that. Us. Yes. 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 We'll take it. Yeah, we just ran into Jolene Buettner. She was here. She, like, yeah. stopped us while we were just getting set up for and this. And Kevin Struthers. And Kevin Struthers. Shout out to Kevin and Jolene. So, yes, we will take them any way we can. We just love... We just love affirmation, and I think that's what you're saying. All right, so until next week, and on behalf of all of us at OmniTalk Retail, as always, be careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast Five is brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group. 
BAM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Firework. Firework is the largest video commerce solution built for the world's leading brands. They empower brands with shoppable and live stream video on their own websites where people like to shop. Put your commerce in motion with Firework. You can find out more at firework.com. And Avalara. Avalara makes tax compliance faster, easier, more accurate, and more reliable for 30,000 plus business and government customers in over 90 countries. Avalara leverages 1,200 plus signed partner integrations to power tax calculations, document management, tax return filing, and tax content access. Visit avalara.com to improve your compliance journey. And TGW. Revolutionize your grocery supply chain with TGW. Their experts tailor automation solutions to your needs, ensuring that you have the edge. Work with TGW before your competition does. Discover more at tgw-group.com. And Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit sezzle.com. 